I'm going to be turning to the book of Psalms, Psalms, the 16th chapter, and reading from uh, this particular set of verses. I know that often we can uh, pull out one or two verses and, and build an entire message or lesson on those verses, and that's perfectly fine and in order. But today I thought we would take some time and just read through this entire chapter, Psalm 16, verse 1, and we're going to go through verse 11. It says, Preserve me, O God, for in Thee do I put my trust. Have you ever felt that that was the only thing that could come out of your mouth. That there, there was, you, you couldn't even add anything else to it. All you could say was, God, I need you to preserve me. I, I need you to preserve me. Oh, my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. I don't want things to get worse. Do you want things to get worse? The Bible says if you, if you hasten after other gods that sorrows will be multiplied. Uh, it's going to happen that way. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. He's saying, I'm not going to worship the way they worship. I'm not going to offer things that you do not receive. I'm not going to speak the names of, 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 of their uh, gods. He said, I'm going to keep that away from my lips. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup, thou maintainest my lot. He's saying, God, you are in charge. You are my reward. You are my portion and you are all that matters to me. The lines are fallen upon me in pleasant places. Things that have come into my life, the lines that have fallen have fallen in pleasant places. Yea, I have a godly or goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel, my reins also instruct me in the night season. He's, he's saying, I haven't lost direction even though there's darkness all around. My reins are still intact and I'm still being led by Him. I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Thank God for the staying and keeping power of our God. Therefore, my heart is glad. Amen. Somebody shout glad. My heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Man, that's a telling phrase for the writer. He said, my flesh, my flesh. And that's where we get most of uh, our discomfort from. He said, my flesh also shall rest in hope. I'm not going to let my flesh, my body, my person... 
uh, turn to anything else. I'm going to rest in hope. It may not be perfect. Everything may not be exactly the way I want it, but I'm going to rest in hope that it will turn and it will change because he's my God and he is in charge. For thou will not leave my soul in hell. Thank God he's not going to leave us in a place of torment. He's not going to leave us in a place where we're overwhelmed. He's not going to leave us in a place of pain and sorrow. He said, you will not leave my soul there. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. And then verse 11, thou wilt show me the path of life. He said, you are going to show me the path of life. Sometimes I don't know which way to go. I don't know which direction to take. I'm not sure what is going to be the most beneficial. And, and I find myself in a quandary without taking steps in hesitation. He said, God, you are going to show me the path of life. You're going to reveal to me the step to take, the direction to go. And then he went on and said, in thy presence is fullness of joy. Amen. And at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Amen. There is a path that you and I can take that is filled with pleasure and with fulfillment and with joy. And the only way to find that place is through Him directing us in that way. Sometimes I see situations and think this is going to be best for me. This is going to be best for my family. This is going to be best for my future. And I take a few steps on that journey or on that path and realize it wasn't everything that I thought I was seeing. It wasn't exactly the way I was anticipating it. But if I will yield myself to him and let him direct me, I'll never get three or four steps in and wish I would have done something something different. I'll take those steps and realize that the same God that directed me there is the same God that is present with me as I'm on that journey into life. Now, the pattern of the pattern of Jesus that we that we find, we're in an Old Testament uh, reference here, but much of what we're seeing in in this text is also prophetic. Verbiage like this that says, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell neither. Verse 10, Wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption? Some of this is prophetic. We're reading in the book of Psalms about the holy one that would come, which we know was the Messiah and ultimately Jesus Christ. And we see in the New Testament how he lived his life. And some of these verb, ver, the verbiage that's being used here, is not just talking about the psalmist that's writing it, but he's talking also in future tense about the Holy One that would come, that he would not allow him to see corruption. In other words, that the Messiah would not come and fail in his attempt for redemption, but he would succeed at that sacrifice at Calvary. So when you read through this, you understand that there, there's a lot of things happening, and I'm jumping way 
way ahead to say the prophecies that were given, you can see them fulfilled in the gospel writers of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They take a similar pattern in the life of Jesus and they talk about many things that he did and said and where he went and what was accomplished. But the pattern of Jesus that is found in the Gospels is evident and it is consistent with uh, all four of those writers. There's consistency there. They talk about uh, the things that, that Jesus performed as far as miracles are concerned. And time and time again, we find wherever Jesus went, somebody say wherever he went, Phenomenal things transpired. Wherever Jesus showed up, phenomenal things happened. And it's over and over and over again in uh, the gospel's telling of his story. And I can mention a few of those here today. One being on the storm-tossed sea of Galilee, Jesus spoke to the wind and to the waves and it had to lay down and what was in total chaos came into order because Jesus was present. Jesus said it and it happened. Amen. We find him beside the tomb of a friend who had been dead four days and Jesus spoke life into Lazarus' body and things turned around. Jesus showed up on a storm-tossed sea. He showed up in a cemetery and things happened. See, the location doesn't matter to him. The issue doesn't matter to him. The situation, no matter how great or grave it is, doesn't stop him. It was in the midst of a throng of people that he felt the touch of a weak, anemic, sick, heavy laden woman. And virtue, his virtue, the Bible said, left his body and administered healing to this lady who could not find help at any other source. God healed her right there in the midst of a great crowd of people. It's consistent. It's over and over again. A child was tormented and in an uncontrollable state. Parents come to Jesus and say often he throws himself into the fire. This child is tormented and there's nothing that we can find that will help him. Lord, we need your help for our child. And the Bible tells us that Jesus uh, delivered that child in the sight of overwhelmed parents. It did not matter if it was a storm on a sea or a dead man in a tomb. It didn't matter if it was a child being thrown into the fire or a woman that had an issue of blood that could not be healed. When Jesus shows up, things began to happen. We see it in the scripture over and over and over again that if Jesus is present, healing is administered. Amen. If Jesus is present, storms have to lay down. If Jesus is present, the dead come back to life again. If Jesus is present, family situations that are out of control come into order. 
Amen. It's over and over again. And it is the narrative of Jesus' everyday life and existence for three and a half years that we have Him in the Gospels ministering to people. Now, time will not permit me today to recall all of the events that are there in the Gospels, but the story is the same over and over and over again. If you want to go home and read through the miracles of Jesus, I encourage you to do that. You'll find the same outcome in every one of the stories. He's walking down the road one day and a man that was challenged vertically climbed up in a tree just so he could see where Jesus was and this man that had so many things going for him began to cry out to him and Jesus just happened to stop by a tree. You can get in a tree house and he'll still find you. The writer said you can make your bed in hell and he'll still find you. You can take wings and go out into the middle of a desert and he'll still find you. There's nowhere in a ship that's about to sink he'll walk on the water. In a family that has lost a loved one and don't know how they're going to get through the grieving process he'll show up right there. When all money has been spent to every doctor and every remedy just to one touch of his garment amen administers healing and virtue and changes the situation if Jesus shows up anything can happen anything can happen this is what the Bible says in Hebrews 13 and verse number 8 I want you to look at this with me it says this Jesus Christ the same Yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Jesus Christ, the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. So that's telling me that what we read about in the Gospels of Jesus bringing healing and deliverance and calm and and strength and touch, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And forever. If Jesus shows up, you ought to just get ready for your miracle. If Jesus shows up, you ought to just get ready for him to answer the prayer, to move in the situation. There was a man by the name of Barnabas that that was in a challenging life situation. And he heard that Jesus was passing by. And Barnabas began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And those that sat beside him begging tried to calm him down Barnabas don't say that Barnabas don't scream so loud you're going to scare everybody off and all of the help that we would have received we're not going to receive it and the Bible said that the man cried all that more that much more he just began to cry louder Jesus thou son of David have mercy on me and in the midst of an overwhelming crowd Jesus heard the cry of one blind man and the Bible said he stopped where he was and told someone bring that man to me and the Bible tells us the story of how Barnabas left his garment there it was a garment that signified he was handicapped it was a garment that signified he was blind it was a garment like you see people that pull up to the handicapped parking places at at the retail places you and I visit and they have a handicapped sticker hanging from uh, their 
rearview mirror. His garment was the same type of indicator that he was a beggar, that he was handicapped, that he had a need. And it caused people to be favorable. It caused people to lend a hand. And the scripture tells us when Jesus called for Barnabas to come to him, he left that garment right there where he was begging and made his way to Jesus. And Jesus healed the man that was blind. It was a way of Barnabas saying, if Jesus is here, I don't need this anymore. If Jesus is here, I won't need this garment because he is one that can bring healing to my situation. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, he's got a miracle for you. Tell him, he's got a miracle for you. Amen. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want you to know that nothing about the essence of our Savior has changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he healed then, he's still healing now. And if he healed then and now, he'll heal tomorrow. This is a way to tell you it doesn't matter about your past. It doesn't matter about your present present. It doesn't matter about your future. As long as Jesus is present, he has it all under control. Amen. If you need to get over your past, he can heal the past. If you need to deal with your present, he can give you strength right now. And if you're not sure about tomorrow, he'll comfort you for whatever's coming your way. He is the same. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. He still heals. He still delivers. He still strengthens. He still comforts. He still blesses. He still lifts. Somebody shout amen. Now that in and of itself should cause a rise of appreciation in every one of us. When I think about I'm not alone, when I think about I have someone on my side that takes care of my yesterdays, todays, and tomorrows, I'm excited about that because some people can just help you in the moment, but they can't do anything about your past, and they can't do anything about your future, and they really can't get you beyond the next few moments of a few words of encouragement. You still have to walk out those doors and face your situation but you know what if he's on your side it's not momentary it's not fleeting it's not just here and then gone when you walk out of here today he's going home with you amen you're not leaving this feeling here you're going home with the God of glory that is the same yesterday today and forever and can move in your situation no matter how great or small He's in charge. I said, he's in charge. He's in charge. That, that, that makes me want to just shout a thanks to him. That, that makes me want to shout a praise to him. When, when life is overwhelming, I want to get in my car and drive down the road. And while others are upset at one another, I just want to thank God for another day. I want to thank him for giving me life and health. I want to get up. I can't even tell you how many days that I get up and just thank God for another day. Everything about my day may not be perfect, but I know if anybody can help me handle it, it's him. Amen. If anybody can help me get through it, it's him. I don't know next week, but he does. I don't know all the things that may come my way in the next few days, but he does. And he can give me the strength to overcome. He can give me the strength to weather the storm because he is the same yesterday, today, 
and forever. Amen. Now, he is the same. Somebody shout, he's the same. He's the same. He's the same. He's the same. Let's look at the text that we read. And I, I could, and I thought about it, but I'm going to give you a break today. I thought about going verse by verse of Psalm 16 and uh, covering all 11 verses, but most of you know me well enough, uh, especially Morgan, that if I just read one verse, I might spend all day on that one verse. Amen. So I'm going to hurry right along here and, 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 and give you the first couple of words of the text when he said, Preserve me. That, that sounds to me like an individual that has hit a place of desperation. I mean, we ask for a lot of other things in our lives. But if you get to the place where all that can come out is preserve me, then, then it's an indicator that things are probably as bad as you feel like they can get. And you feel like that instead of asking for a lot of other things, I just need you to keep me. Because I don't know if I can make it. I I don't know if I can take one more step. I I don't know if I can breathe one more breath. I I don't know if I can face one more day. I don't know if I can handle one more report. I don't know if I can have that conversation or even. So you get to the place and this is where he started. That's what came out of him was preserve me. If you don't hear anything else from me, God, if I can't vocalize anything else, what I need you to do is show up right now I need you to come to my rescue right now I need you to be present in the situation right now preserve me because the storm's too great preserve me because the attack is too great preserve me because the pain is too great preserve me because the feelings are too great preserve me God and this is this is the tone and I want you to get it here it's the tone of this chapter A man crying out to God, preserve me. And all of these other things that spill out of his life and words to the Lord culminate in verse 11 when he says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. He starts out saying, preserve me. In other words, I don't know where I am. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know which step to take. I don't know the direction that you're leading. I don't know any of these things. So God, just right now, help me not to make the wrong move. Help me not to take the wrong step. Help me not to believe the wrong thing and put my confidence in things that have let me down in the past. And he goes through it all and then he says, I know you're going to show me path of life and then I love how he concludes this chapter because in your presence is fullness of joy what I can't get anywhere else I can get in your presence what I can't find in any other place where I'm searching and looking and longing and working I know that in your presence I know that in your presence there is fullness of joy I've got to tell you that oftentimes when sickness comes and despair comes and financial challenge comes and family issues arise and all of the things that we've already mentioned when this begins to, to heighten and our joy is slipping from us 
us and our joy. We're worried about our family. We're worried about our health. We're worried about our future. We're worried about our finances. We're worried about our job. We're worried about our loved ones. All of this joy begins to wane. And he said, if I can't find joy in any other of those things, I'll find it in your presence because in your presence there is fullness of joy. It's not just a little pick-me-up. It's not just a five-hour energy to help me get through what I'm facing. In your presence, no matter what's going on, I can have fullness of joy, not just a boost of joy. I can have all complete joy, the fullness of joy. You can lift me when the doctors say there's no hope. You can lift me when family says it's over. You can lift me when I don't know how I'm going to meet the obligation. You can lift me when everything is working against me because in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And he goes on to say, and at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. What can you expect when Jesus shows up? (laughs) I think the writer told us, you can expect fullness of joy. What can you expect when Jesus shows up? You can expect pleasures forevermore. Why wouldn't anybody want to be in his presence? Why why wouldn't anybody want to be around him? Why wouldn't anybody want to invite him into their situation? Because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Amen. There are pleasures forevermore in his presence. What can I expect when Jesus shows up? I can expect the dead to be raised back to life. I can expect the wind to lay down and the storm to cease. I can expect the child to be delivered, the woman to be healed, the blind eyes to open. Are you going to help me preach or not today? When Jesus shows up, you can walk out of here with your answer. You can walk out of here with your healing. You can walk out of here with your deliverance. You can walk out of here with your comfort. You can walk out of here with your peace. You can walk out of here with your hope. You can walk out of here with joy. You can walk out of here knowing whatever I faced last week, God's going to help me get through this week. I may have left the job with problems on Friday but when I get back Tuesday things are going to be different because in his presence there is fullness of joy at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore what can we expect when Jesus shows up you can expect things to change tell your neighbor say you can expect things to change you can expect things to change amen if that's the case then I want you to know some of us need to start walking in deliverance and not bondage. Come on, be freed from bondage. Be freed from addiction. Be freed from the things that imprison you. If Jesus shows up, prison doors start opening. Amen. I said prison doors start opening. If Jesus shows up, there is no addiction strong enough. There is no bondage strong enough. When Jesus shows up, there's deliverance and help and strength that comes. There's deliverance. There's deliverance. We can walk in strength. We can walk in healing. We can walk in favor. We can walk in abundance. We can walk in help. We can walk in whatever it is that you come in need of. Jesus can take care of it. The old saying, a little dab will do you. A little Jesus will change every situation. 
just a little bit of Jesus. You may have just been under this week and feel like you know the people in, south of us have been flooded with 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 actual water and and their homes and everything. But you may have felt like this week your life has been flooded just like that with every kind of problem and situation and issue. Come on, Jesus can handle that today. It doesn't matter what you've walked in here with. Jesus can handle that today. Jesus can turn that situation around. Jesus can work on your behalf. There's nothing too hard for him. Don't walk in fear. Walk in faith. Don't walk in bondage. Walk in deliverance. Don't walk in sickness. Walk in health and healing. Don't walk in depression. Walk in joy and abundance. Don't let the things that are holding you back and holding you out steal that from you any longer that God wants to give you. He has a path of life, and he will show you that path. And in the midst of all the craziness, he can still give you He can still provide the things that ground us and keep us and hold us. He can do that. Look at your neighbor and say, Pastor's preaching to you today. Amen. Pastor's preaching to you today. Amen. Stop stop living as though there's no possibility of change. There is a possibility of change when Jesus shows up. Now, if he's not there, then it's probably not going to change. But if he shows up, all the possibility that you need walks in with him. And whatever the situation is, there is potential for change there. I want Jesus to show up. That's why we get so excited. Like in our worship service just a little bit earlier, when the presence of the Lord moves in here. I want to encourage you, and that's why I'm lifting you today and just challenging you when the presence of the Lord moves in engage in that moment connect in that moment because what you walked in with in those few moments can literally change the heaviness can be lifted the sorrow and doubt and fear has to go sickness can't stay any longer perfect love is casting out fear something happens When Jesus shows up. So I challenge you to pursue his presence. And by all means, don't let service after service, gathering after gathering, slip by you without embracing the reality that his right hand can completely alter your situation. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. If he's there, then he has the power to change the situation. If he's there, then he has the power and strength and ability to work it all out. Can I tell you that God wants greater response out of our life. He wants greater attachment out of our life. He wants us to realize that when he shows up, nothing else matters. A greater sensitivity in our life. I feel the wind of his spirit. I hear the voice of the Lord. I feel something changing in the atmosphere. Listen, when you come to church or you're driving down the road or you're praying in your living room or you're gathering in a V group, at the moment the presence of God begins to move, Do not run from that. Run to that. Embrace that. Because if he's there, he's there to raise the dead, open the blind eyes, heal the sick woman. He's there to deliver the child. When he shows up, he's there not to just hang out. I mean, you read through the Gospels, and I told you of the pattern that's there. 
You don't read where Jesus just had social interaction after social interaction and hanging out and fun and drinking coffee and nothing ever happened. He went to folks' house and turned the house upside down. I mean, it didn't matter if it was on the water or in the city or in someone's house. It didn't matter. Wherever he was, things happened. So when he shows up, he's not there just to hang out with us. He's there to heal us, to deliver us, to help us, to strengthen us, to bless us, to lift us, to encourage us. And if you come in here needing it, why don't you go home with it? Amen. Just say, I'm not letting one more service go by. I'm not letting one more gathering go by. I'm not letting one more event go by. Because the healer is present. The deliverer is present. The strength giver is present. The God of glory is present. 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 Life can be overwhelming for us all. But having His presence in our midst and having that resident power that He brings makes all the difference in the world for us. Let's stand together.